Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey friends, welcome into episode number 99 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Yes, that's right. Episode number 99. We are ready to party like it is 1999, channeling my inner prince. Episode number 100 is right around the corner, folks. This Wednesday, October 4th, episode number 100 will drop. We have some exciting news. We have some cool updates to the show. Um, I can tell you episode 100 is going to be a solo episode. I'm looking so forward to sharing that, sharing my thoughts with you. But first, let's talk about episode number 99. You got to do number 99 before you could do number 100, right? And episode number 99, folks, I could not have the more perfect guest for episode number 99. It is my good friend, my confidant, my partner in crime, Jillian Du Bois. Jillian, if you don't know Jillian, she's just an incredible human being. She's one of my very, very favorite people. She and I co-authored a book together, Wrote to Awesome, A Journey for Kids. But that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, Jillian is currently a redesigned educator. Um, she has been in an elementary classroom for over 20 years, and she currently is a per, uh, professional learning specialist with Forward Edge, Edge U. Uh, she is passionate about infusing joy in educational leadership by focusing on service and using her voice to foster hope and celebrating diversity. Um, She's a published author. She's an illustrator. She's done several children's books, including the one I shared, um, Road to Awesome, A Journey for Kids, that she and I uh, collaborated on. She's the chief optimistic originator at Imparted Joy LLC. She is located in Clearwater, Florida. She is a truly dear friend, and she and I sat down and just had an open and honest conversation. Um, We talked about life. We talked about joy. We talked about education. talked about all kinds of wonderful things, and I think you're going to absolutely love this conversation. Again, I think it's the perfect lead-in to episode number 100 for me to share this conversation with my really, really close friend, Jillian Du Bois. You're going to hear it right on the other side of this. All right, leaders, it is time. Time for ending the fear of being awesome. That's right. Fear of being awesome is about to be abolished. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to grab yourself a copy of Road to Awesome, The Journey of a Leader. As we are celebrating our 100th episode here on the Leaning into Leadership podcast, we are running a special on our website, roadtoawesome.net backslash books on Road to Awesome, The Journey of a Leader. My book where I talk so much about gaining clarity as a leader and then being intentional about the work that you do, where I talk about the six things that I thought were the most important in education and as a leader, and more importantly, where I challenge you to identify what really matters to you. How do you gain that clarity and how do you go be intentional about it? Folks, go grab a copy of the book, roadtoawesome.net backslash books and enter the code FOBA. Fear of being awesome ends now. When you enter that code FOBA, F-O-B-A, that will give you a special price, $20 for the book, free shipping, and of course, it comes as an autographed copy. Fear of being awesome ends now. Use the code FOBA, roadtoawesome.net backslash books. Episode number 100 is right around the corner. Here we go with episode number 99. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, 
Better Tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. So today on the show, we want to talk about resilience, and we want to talk about being repurposed educators, and we want to just, I don't know, talk about those relationships. Uh, Honestly, I just, we're going to share a conversation. I don't even know where this conversation is going to go yet, folks, Um, but um, my, I can't even call her my good friend. She's just my my sister, uh, Jillian Bois, joining me on the show today. Thanks, Jillian, for coming on. Hey, well, you know, it's funny because like if anybody, I know everybody's out here listening to what is going on right now, but they don't know that, you know, we had scheduled this 45 minutes ago. We've been talking for 45 minutes before we even have a conversation on a podcast, but that's us. We love to talk to you. Yeah, for sure. I know. Yeah, we we could have hit record, but I don't know. Some of that may not be. Uh, appropriate for everybody's consumption, that's but true. some people probably would really have enjoyed what we just shared. I think I think that's true. But <laughs> so true. So oh true. man, yeah, for sure. So so you and I were talking uh, about a bunch of different things before we decided to hit record, and uh, among them certainly resilience, and, and we'll go to that in a second. I, I think I want to start with just kind of this repurposed piece. Uh, Both of us in the last couple of years have gone from full-time, you know, K-12 educators to now full-time, not full-time educators, but still very much in touch with the education world. Um, What, uh, for you, I think it's, I mean, it hasn't even been quite a full year. What is, or actually it has been, I guess, right out of full year. What is, what are some of the takeaways for you? What are like, What's in your mind on this? Yeah, you know, and it's, I think when we talk about being repurposed, I, you know, I use that, I think it was actually Jeff Springer who had said that first. And I, I said, oh, I'm going to politely pirate that if that's okay, Jeff. And he's like, oh yeah, absolutely take that. But the more I thought about repurposed, I thought, you know what, it is repurposed, but it's more like redesigned. And now I typically will say I'm a redesigned educator because I'm, yes, I'm not in the classroom anymore, but I am purposefully educating educators and, you know, you're doing the same thing. You know, we are out there in the midst of really the whole country, um, you know, showing educators how to be better at their craft and their practice. And it's taken such, it has taken a year, a good long year to go, all right, I'm no longer talking to second graders. I'm talking to people who are experienced, but who are desiring to learn to, to be better and to better their practice, to better themselves. And if I'm just a small piece of helping them do that, I, I tell you, that has brought so much satisfaction and so much contentment in this redesigned part of myself because I thought, all right, after I leave the classroom, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to miss the kids? Am I going to miss the day-to-day routine? Am I going to miss the lesson planning? Of course not. Am I going to miss, you know, I don't know, just those little moments, but there have been a thousand other little moments now that I can call my own and go, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's what's given me purpose. That's what's defining my why right now. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I've been I've been on the road quite a bit lately, and uh, just recently 
had an educator, uh, I had the opportunity to to close down a school year um, at, at a at a school here recently. And that was really interesting. You know, I do a lot of, hey, let's kick off the school year. You know, let's let's bring the energy and the fire and let's get them going. And um, but it was a let's wrap up the school year. You know, is there in this particular school's case, it was their last day for staff. They were you know, like at noon, they were done. Um, and they had me, you know, for, for a couple of hours. Um, but in one of my recent, one of my recent stops, I had somebody pull me aside, um, when it was over, uh, you know, you talk about that impact that, that we could make, you know, in this versus, you know, what we got to do in the classroom or, you know, uh, building or district leadership like I did. Um, but I had a person pull me aside and just say, uh, and I'll never forget the words. I mean, they just amazed. I can't believe I haven't told you this yet. Um, but this person just pulled me aside and said, thank you for leaving your footprints on my heart. Mm. I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, and I just, I just kind of turned my head a little bit sideways. And she's like, I needed to hear what you said today. And mm-hmm. I don't think I'm saying anything different than their school administrators are saying. You know, I mean – you know, yeah, there's probably a handful of administrators out there that aren't, you know, totally behind their staff or really lifting them up. But by and large, everybody is doing everything they can to try to lift them up. But maybe, just maybe, I say it a little bit differently. Or, you know, I'm the guy who's going to go climb into an airplane an hour later and fly away. And so it's easier for them to hear it from me or, or to listen to it differently. But um, I just think it's so important to be able to in any way shape or form whether that's you know speaking or coaching leaders or you know whatever books um just to be able to lift people up because i know our educators are really having a tough time um you know but i don't know i I just i think that's an important piece of what we do and i I love that you uh gave the shout out there to jeff springer because yeah the the repurposed piece i know is uh is something that that he's (laughs) talked about quite a bit so I mean, you know, I, I, for me, it's always been recovering high school principal, but, um, but uh, either way, either way, we're repurposed, reignited, recharged, you know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, and not that it was easy. I mean, it was, you know, of course, the, I think the initial decision, you know, to change a season of life is, is like, yeah, okay, I've got so much to look forward to. I'm going to do this. And, you know, then you get into that transitional period of, of like, okay, well, what's the next step? And how am I going to continue to evolve um, to continue to chase those dreams? Because that's why we make changes. And that's because we have new dreams or we have dreams that haven't yet to be fulfilled. And, you know, we got to keep, you're right, we've got to keep that resilience. We've got to keep that I don't know, that spark and that fire going. Um, and, but I think the imprint, I think that's that the key word that you said. It's like, even if it's something small, if it's something small that matters to somebody. It could be, you know, a word of affirmation. It could be an act of service. It could be something that somebody says to you that you're going to remember for the rest of your life um, because of something that you've done. And I know for me, it's, it's tough because I am, I call myself a recovering over, overthinker um, and perfectionist. But I have really learned to let a lot of that go and be able to embrace some of the feedback and embrace those things that people say that maybe I don't want to hear. Um, and somebody said one time to me, she said, you know, take a minute to sit in the uncomfortable. 
don't worry about what somebody said. Don't worry about it wasn't perfect. You know, develop, you develop intolerance for imperfection by sitting in the uncomfortable. And that was huge for me. I have best, you know, is on my computer right now. It's like, sit for a while in the uncomfortable. Okay. It's okay to feel like a little bothered. It's okay that you're not perfect, that you're overthinking things. So go with it because it's going to help you make those transitions. It's going to help you keep that drive going, keep that dream going. And that was probably the best advice somebody has ever given me. Um, and that just happened a few months ago. So it's helped me get back my creative flow. It's helped me understand how to say, maybe this isn't the thing for me, so I can say no. So it's helped me set up some healthy boundaries. And, you know, it's, that's my future. So I can only just keep looking forward and go, okay, that's what I'm going to start doing. You know, I, I remember when you shared um, that quote. Uh, well, you had texted it to me, and then I know I started seeing it all over social media. You know, you'd put it out there a little bit. And um, it just was one of those things that just kept resonating with me, too, because, you know, everything to do with the transition from, you know, full time K 12 educator to not full time K 12 educator to entrepreneur, um, it's uncomfortable. There's so many parts of it that are just uncomfortable. And I think so often, whether, you know, whether we're stepping into a new job, so like, you know, as, as this episode is landing, we've got a whole bunch of people who are maybe, you know, just starting their teaching career or a whole bunch of people that are just starting their school administrator career, um, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but the reality is, you know, there's always a first time for us doing something, you know, I mean, whether that's, um, you know, being, being in one of those new roles or like, like both of us, you know, stepping into just something completely different. And just, just to hear that, uh, I mean, to read it when you sent it to me and just, you know, being, being able to just sit in the uncomfortable, um, I guess for me, it's kind of helped me reframe a lot of what I do um, around, you know, not thinking it has to be perfect, not thinking I have to be, you know, absolutely the best right away, but that I need to be, you know, okay with slow growth and development. It's just going to take some time. Um, I just thought it was a super, super powerful quote. And so I'm really glad that you shared that here, uh, on the show. I just know that, uh, so many other people right now, are going through that, you know, uh, and, and maybe it's not transitioning from, from education into, uh, into a different role. Um, but it might be stepping into that first principalship first, you know, instructional coach role, um, or whatever the case may be. Um, how, how do you, how do you build up that, that resilience? How do you, how do you really like find that inside of you to pull yourself together and say, I've got this like what what are a couple of secrets what are a couple of tips that that you would share with people that's a good question i think it's a matter of understanding that you know when things aren't perfect like i am just such i was such a perfectionist for so long and 
I think letting go of your own expectations of self, because we set such high expectations of what we think we need to achieve, what we think is going to make us successful. When in reality, that is all in our head and all in our mind. What is going to make us successful? What's going to make us achieve things? Are those failures? Are those things the mistakes, the things that, you know, we have had to suffer through? And, you know, not to be cryptic, but, you know, I mean, for me, like, this has been the toughest year creatively for me, just because, you know, transitioning into a new job is one thing, and it's great, and I love all the things that I'm doing, creating content, but, you know, on the side where I do the things that I love to create for me, I was feeling I, I was a failure because there were, were certain circumstances that I wasn't measuring up or I didn't think I was measuring up to what um, my client needed. And, you know, and it, I felt a little gaslit and I felt a little really like, like a huge failure. Like I had totally let somebody down. Um, and the only person that I really, in the end that I let down was myself because I had held myself to such a high standard that I wasn't able to see past that. So I think in honesty, it was, if we just kind of are, give ourselves grace, <laughs> give ourselves flexibility and, you know, Lynn and Lindsay Titus is someone who we both know we're so familiar with Darren and she's one that she consistently puts out there things that she's so vulnerable and she's you know understanding of you know you should get out of shouldville <laughs> that is something i yeah. always say in the back of my mind is jill get yourself out of shouldville you should do this should do that no you shouldn't you're doing what you feel is right in the moment and that's okay if it fails it's okay. Sit with that uncomfort, you know, that discomfort and then pick yourself back up, but you don't have to do it so quickly. Like, I think we're so used to being in a society where when we fail up, oh, pick yourself back up, dust yourself off and go back at it. But we don't realize that we need that time to decompress. We need that time to breathe. We need that time to think through, okay, what just happened? Let me step back let me kind of reflect on it and let me figure out what my next step might be. And that might, that might change. That could be a step that's constantly evolving and changing. Um, and that's why I think, you know, it's so good. To, we just have to keep surrounding ourselves. Um, and that's another tip surrounding ourselves with people who, who get that. Um, <clears throat> it's just like, you know, when you and Brandon, you know, I have your, your coaching sessions. And I mean, to have that massive action plan in place, to have something in place where you can fall back. And if something doesn't go right, all right, well, go back to that plan, go back to that vision board, go back to those things that you dreamed up for yourself. And then, you know, pick something else out, go another direction, do what is going to work for you. That was a long answer for think, a short question. No, it's fine. Uh, no, <laughs> but it's excellent. Uh, man, you hit a whole bunch of stuff there. I'm hope, I hope I can unpack it all. But, um, you know, one of the things that as I'm listening to you talk that, that kind of kept going uh, in my head is, uh, one, you can't expect 
to be perfect from the beginning. Um, I'm going to loop back to that one because uh, I know you and I are both big fans of John Acuff and all it takes is a goal, and he has just been crushing perfectionism over the last you know couple of months of his show. Um, but I also think that it's it's important to uh, to touch on something that you talked about in there, and again connect it back to to my listening audience of of leaders. You know, you, you ultimately talked about how the person that you were letting down was yourself. And it was maybe you had unrealistic expectations of yourself or you had this maybe distorted view or distorted belief of who you should be or what you should be doing. Um, get out of shouldville, like you said, you know, a, a Lindsay Titus phrase. Um, I think so many leaders, again, and I, I'll, I'll just stay on those those people who are just kind of at the beginning of their career, Man, if you think you have to solve everybody's problems, if you think you got to be everything to everybody, you're going to set yourself up for failure. And, you know, that feeling of being a little bit gaslit by your staff can happen, but it's not coming from them. It's coming from you because you feel like you have to. I mean, I've told this story a dozen times on the podcast, so I'm not going to belabor it. But that first year for me, man, I just had to be everything to everybody. And, man, I just felt like this massive failure. And in some ways I was because I wasn't doing my job. I was doing 25 other people's jobs because I don't know. I don't know if it was, it wasn't that I didn't like trust them to do their job. I wasn't willing to delegate. It was just, I felt like I had to do it for them because that's almost like how, how it came to me. Like, you know, I I don't know, but I think it's really important that people don't lose sight of that as, as leaders. Look, nothing's going to be perfect. You're not going to come charging out of the gate and be the perfect leader from the word go. Um, Nobody does that. You know, there's a whole lot that goes into being great. It isn't just pure talent and miraculously you're amazing. No, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes hard work. It takes failure. It takes making mistakes. And the last thing that you said it takes surrounding yourself with people who are rooting for you, who want to lift you up, who want to support you, and who want to see you succeed. Um, when you do that, you know, it's easier maybe to face the perfectionism or maybe to at least put a label on it, right? Um, when, when you have those people around you, you can at least label it and say, oh, wow, I'm stuck in perfectionism and I've, I got to knock it off. Because I have one final thought back to the ACA thing. Hopefully I'm tying this all together the right way. Um, in one of his recent uh, episodes talking about perfectionism, he talked about the fallacy that is social media. And I love how you talked about um, Lindsay just being so vulnerable and so just, you know, hey, here's a picture of my daughter's bedroom and it's a disaster and I was going to do this and then this happened. And you know what? I just got to be okay with it. Um, so often we're hit with social media, everybody's perfect. And so what do we do? We compare ourselves to them. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's just not realistic. So if you're comparing yourself to other people on social media in terms of how things are going in your job, how things are going in your life, oh my God, knock it off. Because not very many people are going like Lindsay Titus and saying, hey, look at this disaster. <laughs> Wee, this is me. Um, you know. Maybe we need to do it more often. I don't know. I think we do. 
like, to be honest, um, it was funny. I think, you know, May was, well, it wasn't funny, but May was mental health month, right? So mental health awareness month. And I did post a lot of things on social media about mental health, some of my own challenges, some challenges I know other people are struggling with and just trying to send out some, you know, general kind of uplifting things, but also, you know, here's some, here's the reason why, you know, I'm able to share some of these uplifting things. This is what I've been through. And I had somebody DM me and they said, you know, why are you talking so much about, you know, mental health and about why, you know, you're really sharing a lot. And I'm like, because if you don't share it, you store it. And if you're storing it, it gets heavy. And if it's heavy, that's no good to anybody. You can't carry that stuff around with you forever. And we're all on this planet to human together. And everybody, I guarantee you, everybody, five out of five people struggle with mental health issues. So it is not any big revelation, but we just need to be, you know, able to share with each other. And who knows, you know, who that's going to impact, what footprint, you know, on somebody's heart that's going to leave because it could very well have gone the other way. And somebody could have DM'd and said, you know, Hey, I really related to what you said. Can you tell me, tell me more about it? Let's share. Um, so it kind of got me thinking, you know, after that person had said that and I thought, no, I'm, I'm not going to back down. Like number one, a lot of what I have talked about in my, everything that I do and everything that I put out, whether it's talking about joy or not, which is, something I shout about all the time. My joy did not come from perfection. My joy did not come from a place um, of, you know, roses and rainbows and unicorns. It came from a place of resilience and a place where I had to, you know, get through the mess and get through the havoc and, you know, see through the clouds and try and figure out how to make something, you know, better through that. So, you know, when you, and I always say, this is kind of one of the things I, I like to say is that joy is not a drive for perfection, but it's a way that you reframe your boundaries to stay healthy and sheltered and unbroken and safe. So all these things that we do are, I think that just kind of narrows, it kind of shows what resilience really is. And we've been talking about resilience, but I think it's, we just have to look at it from each other's perspective, not damning anyone for what they're doing. And if it's not for you, then don't, then move on. Like, don't look at it. <laughs> don't read it. Um, but if it is, then keep reaching out to each other and keep, you know, we need this community. We need each other. So. Yeah. This, there's so much to be said for, for really building and being a part of, a community of people that, that genuinely care and support each other. And, you know, that's been, I think, one of the more interesting things over the last few years is just seeing, um, you know, the community that I'm a part of. And I, I'm a part of quite a few different communities, and I, I know you are as well. Um, and in many cases, you know, people cross over into into those different communities. But um, when, you, when you really have that opportunity to be around people that – you know, or maybe they're striving for something similar to what you, you are doing or that you have done or uh, that you're trying to do, you know, so, so there's kind of that connection in, you know, 
shared passions, or maybe maybe you're you're part of the community because of some some other similarities. Whether that's you know like like your example of sharing some of your own mental health struggles, and I'm sure that there is a community around that. Maybe not you know Jillian centric, but more you know health yeah. uh, mental health centric. Um, when we have the opportunity to find our way into those communities, I think it just gives us such a great opportunity to identify with, with what others are struggling with. And all of a sudden we discover, Hey, I'm not alone on this. You know, I'm not the only one on this journey, whatever that journey might be, you know, Hey, um, I'm part of a, uh, I'm part of an entrepreneur community. Um, Hey, I'm not alone in this. You know, I'm not the only one that is an educator who's also an entrepreneur. Um, in fact, there's a bunch of us, right? You know, I mean, you're part of that community. Um, I'm part of a, you know, community of rural superintendents across the country. Even though I'm not still a sitting superintendent, I'm part of that community. And I mean, just there's a whole bunch of different ones. But the reason I bring that up, and I, I think this also ties into the resilience piece, is we've got to be able to make those connections that help us realize that we're not alone in the the struggles, the challenges, and the successes that that we're going through. And, and for leaders, um, man, whew, you just, and, and leaders, that's just a general term, folks. I mean, that could be a classroom teacher, that could be a school administrator, business leader, clergy leader, whatever. I mean, no matter what, leadership has a way of creating the opportunity for loneliness. And if we aren't finding ways to you know, connect with those other people who, who can share, man, you wouldn't believe what I'm going through. Or, you know, I've really, you know, I've really been struggling with this. All of a sudden you discover, oh, wow. <laughs> How about that? I'm, I'm not the only one who's dealing with, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And, um, God, there's just so much power. You and I do it all the time. You know, I mean, it, it, it'll seem like, you know, you and I don't talk at all for, you know, four or five weeks and then we'll, you know, text for four solid hours and then we'll, you know, be on Zoom for, you know, what feels like a day, you know, just just unloading or, or just cutting it up. Um, how, how how does somebody who is maybe just starting to find their way in, you know, whatever they're doing right now, maybe, maybe they've changed careers, maybe they've moved into, you know, a new role within their career. How do you find that community? What, what are the steps that, that you've taken? Because you're a part of a ton of communities. How do you find that community? I think part of it is by, again, just by sharing. Um, sharing and relating. And, you know, the more that you look out there and you see things that are posted or you see, and again, it does come back to social media as much as we you know, don't think it does, or we don't think it's relatable, but it, it, it really, that's how we're finding, you know, our, our likenesses and the things that we can kind of hold on to together. But I, I think just the more we kind of put ourselves out there, people are going to kind of either be drawn to you and they're going to be willing to share, or you seek out those people who you notice who, Hey, you know, you said something that, you know, are you okay? You know, I think reaching out to people that you're not sure if they're okay or not, um, that's a big deal too. Um, maybe they don't want to talk about it, but 
maybe they do. Um, I've had people who, you know, they've said, hey, is everything okay? And, you know, they've come back and said, no, can we talk about it? It's like, yeah, let's talk. So I think just in realizing that, yeah, you are not alone and you are in enveloped, you know, you are surrounded by people who care. And, you know, it's, it's almost like, okay, so personal story, I kind of just took a, a break from social media for a couple months and about and, and you remember when Twitter chats were a big thing? I mean, there were chats every yeah. night of the week, sometimes two or three. And yeah. that was almost how we kind of all got connected and kind of got started, um, which has led to so many of these amazing relationships. But um, there's, a, there's a few that are still around. So it was, I don't know, one night. I had not been on Twitter in forever. And I hopped on a Twitter chat. It was a Monday night, and it was um, being led by Barbara Bray. And... I jumped in that chat and I just said, Hey, it's chill. I, you know, I'm we're from Florida. Glad to be a part of this chat. And as soon as I jumped in that chat, there were three people that, that messaged me on the side and said, Oh my gosh, we have missed you so much. Where have you been? Are you okay? You know? And, and literally, um, Barbara was one of those. And she's like, I am so glad you were here tonight. She goes, even though it was just, you know, quick, 30 minutes, three questions. Can we set up a time to talk? And I said, absolutely. So we hopped on a Zoom the very next day and we talked for an hour and a half. And it was just us just talking through life. And it was just sharing with each other. You know, we were just catching up. But, you know, those things happen with such purpose. And it wasn't, it was just because somebody reached out and somebody was okay with going, you know, hey, is everything all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, let me tell you about it. So, oh my gosh, I mean, I still remember certain things about that conversation, but that even helped me grow stronger. And I just more confident in myself going, yeah, okay, I can share things that are hard and things that are uncomfortable and, you know, people are going to listen and it's okay. Um, so it was just a beautiful thing. You know, there's just even a little quick yeah. little story like that. I mean, that's something that... You know, just don't be afraid. You know, it makes me think back to, I guess, kind of the beginnings of our of our relationship, you know. And I mean, you know, certainly we had you uh, back when I was still with, with Frank and Bradley doing the Empower Half Hour. We had you on the show. and um, But then, uh, yeah, just, just one of those messages in the bathroom. Yes, I wasn't going to say it, but since you bring it up, yes, you were. Um <laughs> That's lighting was oh in my, my. bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's all right. But but then, yeah, then, you know, a handful of months later, you know, uh, us having just, you know, a conversation, you know, through uh, through some direct message, I think, on Twitter before you and I had each other's cell phone numbers and just talking through some things, you know, uh, in January of 21. And, I mean, and that ultimately led to you know, the creation of, uh, you know, our, our RTA kids book. And, but more importantly, it really, I think, you know, kind of, you know, jumpstarted that connection with us. I mean, I, I, I can still tell you so much of what was in, in that sequence of messages and just, you know, from a place of, you know, both of us, um, 
you know, watching what was unfolding in, in DC at the time that that's, that's when this, this started folks was, um, a conversation mm-hmm. around what was happening on January 6th and, you know, me leading a, a, a district, you leading a classroom of, and both of us, like, I have no idea what I'm going to say to people about this. I don't know what to do. And, um, so there was this, you know, shared uncomfortable, you know, how do, how do we, how do we address this? What do we do? How do we, you know, how do we support the people around us that we, you know, we care so much about. And um, from there, of course, you know, so much, you know, has, has grown in, in our relationship and always at the core, there is how we're supporting someone else, uh, how we, yeah. how we're lifting somebody else up. Sometimes that's lifting each other up, but, um, yeah. I, I don't think even forget. I forget we even, we, you came down to Florida and you brought Jess and Liz and, we met at your beach house and we, you know, my husband and I were there. And I mean, our families got to meet and our families got to watch the sunset together, you know, over a couple of years. And yeah. I mean, that was, that doesn't happen on a whim. That doesn't happen. No, just no. You know, out of the blue. Oh, you know, let's go meet. And, you know, no, I mean, we had cultivated that, that joyful relationship and that community and, you know, and our fa- brought our families into it. So, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and one one piece, one piece for for clarity too, folks. I mean, Jillian makes that sound like my beach house. That was an oh. Airbnb. Let, let's just be clear. It's not like I own a beach house. I mean, I wish I did, and I wish I owned that particular beach house. But uh, neither. <laughs> but it was an Airbnb. Before. Yeah, it was no heck no. That was that was one heck of a beachfront house. It really was. But uh, um, yeah, well. You know, I guess that's that's a big part of why I'm just always so happy that you know that I chose yeah. you as a friend. But uh, so so let's talk about this. Um, let's uh, we we talked a lot about resilience. We talked a lot about community building. Let's talk about um, just how how you're supporting educators right now. The the work that you're doing, how you're able to make an impact outside of having been in your second grade classroom. Now what you're doing. Let's. Let's just talk about what what that looks like, what that feels like. It's a little different um, <laughs> than being in the classroom. I will say, you know, a lot it's virtual. So a lot of what I'm doing is creating um, content, and I am sharing, um, you know, our professional learning program with other educators. And what they're doing is they are taking the content that we have um, provided, and they actually are working outside of the classroom and doing their professional development, professional learning, and then they're submitting it back to us. And um, I'm the main person that is kind of has the touch point with all these educators. There's over, goodness, 3,000 of them. Um, But they send us their evidence that, hey, I've used this new ed tech tool that I learned about, and here's how I used it in the classroom, and I want to show you. Um, you know, so that's part of us turning around and giving them contact hours and CEUs for it. But they're share, they're sharing with us, you know, the wonderful things that they're doing in the classroom, and then we're giving them feedback. So we're taking what they're doing, how they're using these programs, and how they are impacting these students in the classroom with the things that they're learning. So they're learning to drive their instruction in a completely different way. And it's just, it's so refreshing and it's so awesome to be a part of a coaching team who is going, this is fantastic. I love what you're doing here. Tell me more about it. And, or is there anything else I can come along beside you and help you with, you know, and how can I, you know, 
how can I support you in doing the next step? You know, what is this going to look like for you? You know, what else can I help you with? So it's just one of those, you know, education is a service, you know, career. And you know that you've said we're in the we're in the people business. <laughs> you say that all the time. We're in the people yeah. business. We don't have people. We're nothing. So going from, you know, littles to adults, it's it, it, I just love it. I love being in the people business and I love being able to share just enthusiasm and I think just support and encouragement. I think that's what I love doing most. And it's really, it's made an impact because we're headed to, you know, ISTE here next week. And, you know, a lot of our educators are ISTE certified and so we'll get to meet in real life. And they're all like, I can't wait to see you. We're going to give big hugs. And, you know, so there again, there's just like you, when you travel, there's more opportunities to make those connections and to build those relationships. And, and that's what it's all about. Keep building those relationships and keep putting yourself out there. I love it. I think that's awesome. So let's do this. The The final question is the same question I ask everybody here on the show. So um, it's your turn to sit on that hot seat and just tell us, how are you leaning into leadership right now? How do I lean into leadership? You know, I think being now in a different area of leadership, I am leaning into, you know, when you're in the classroom, you do the same thing you know, kind of over and over and over again, and you get a little stagnant. But when you lean into new opportunities and you lean into new passions and new enthusiasms, there is something to be said about you're learning just as much as everybody else is learning. Um, you're learning it in a different way. But you, when you can take those passions that you have and you amplify them and you acknowledge them, they just create a fulfillment in leadership beyond measure that just continues to inspire joy. So that's, yeah, lean into that amplification, that acknowledgement, that fulfillment. Um, but yeah, keep inspiring. I just love it so much. So how do people find and get in touch with you? to to have those those direct messages, those conversations, those opportunities to build a relationship with you. Anytime, anywhere. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Jill Dubois22, or you can head to impartedjoy.com. And uh, on my Twitter, I actually have a link tree, so that would have all the other places where you could find me. But that's the easiest place. And there you have it, folks. I told you at the top, I had no idea where this conversation was going to go. And, um, well, we held well to that. So um, I, I hope everybody else found value in this because I'll tell you what, I certainly did. And wh whether anybody listens to this or not, I really don't care because I had a wonderful time having this conversation with you. Me too. I like, uh, yeah, sitting here with a big glass of lemonade on the back patio, just uh, just taking in the summertime. There you go. We got to do that again. We got to get back to my beach house. <laughs> we'll meet you there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Such a great conversation. Thank you again, Jillian, for being a part of the show, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Make sure that you reach out, get connected with Jillian if you're not already connected with her. Share the episode with somebody that you know also might need that little boost in the arm. That uh, was the conversation that Jillian and I had together. Um, if you have not yet, 
gone and left a review for the show, please. We're 99 episodes in. I would love to hear from you. I would love to see that review, especially those five-star reviews. So make sure whatever platform that you're listening to this on that you go in and leave us a review. Uh, We really appreciate it. That's a great way for us to continue to grow the show, to get the word out even more about the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. So thank you to those of you who have already done reviews. And thank you in advance to those of you who are going to now go and leave us reviews. I appreciate it. And now it's time for a pep talk. Well, episode number 100 will be the very next episode that we release. And today on the pep talk, I want to talk about something that Jillian says all the time. And that's to choose joy. And right now I want to choose joy and celebrate the fact that episode number 100 is going to be here. During that episode, folks, I'm going to share some thoughts that I have, some things that I've learned, some areas where I've grown, some things that I've discovered that I never thought I would discover. And maybe just, I don't know, a couple of surprises. But I really just simply want to celebrate. I want to really embrace the success and the things that I feel really proud about. And that's what I want to challenge you to do right now. You know, choose joy and celebrate the great things that are happening. As as human beings, it's so easy for us to fall into the trap of looking at the negative or pointing out the things that aren't going the way we want or, you know, to find that one thing, you know, that one thing that just really frustrated us. I mean, let's be honest, especially if you're an educator, You know, you make a thousand decisions every day and maybe two aren't good. And when you go home at night, you're going to beat yourself up over the two. Flip the script. Change your mindset. Focus on the positives and celebrate those things. You deserve to celebrate. And I want to celebrate with you. Thank you so much, folks, for listening in to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I will see you and I will hear you and you will hear me on October 4th for episode number 100 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.